Discovering the inner light within us is the ultimate quest. This means connecting the seen and the unseen, the boundless and the bounded. And the rewards are the ability to refer to the inner zone of perfection and contentment and bliss. How do we conduct ourselves to ensure staying on this path? By stopping misconducting ourselves. In truth, there is only the light before us, after us, within us. By truth, I mean, if there is anything that is constant forever, it is that light. And manifests in these infinite varieties of shadows, consciousnesses, memories, desires, and so on. So, we are in every way led by this light and misled by its shadows. So, the mercy and the eternal love emanates from that. And it's only denial and hate that emanates from us as looking at the shadows. So we have discussed earlier that every movement in this existence is based on the divine love emanating from it, manifesting in different forms. As a child, I want to attract what I consider desirable, repel what I consider undesirable. So I become greedy, I become angry, I, all of the lower tendencies and lower emotions. But once I begin to groom it, then my desire for attraction and greed becomes modesty. See, it's enough. You have enough now. Get on with the real project to reconnecting consciously with the light which is connected to you anyway, but without you knowing it. So modesty emanates from grooming, if you like, that tendency of attraction. Courage is the groomed, if you like, tendency of anger, of repulsion, of chasing others, accusing others. And from that courage emanates all the other virtues of tolerance, of putting up with the others, of manliness, of forgiveness and all. When you have courage and you have modesty, you begin to open up inadvertently the doors of wisdom. So you become a wise person, meaning you are more likely to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. Not a foolish. You may have a good intention, but you, will, you are seeding the field at midwinter or at a time where there is no rain or whatever. So you gain wisdom. From it comes the growth of intellect. With that comes retention. With that comes, if you like, higher and subtler, if you like, intelligence. With it comes also all of the openings into the unseen in terms of creativity. A subtler, higher intellect, which is not based on reason and on. If these elements of the lower self are groomed as we mature, then justice becomes really manifest in the person. The, one of the main successes of the West, in fact, is that sense of justice or fair play. You know, fair play implying that even though you may have the upper hand, you do not apply it fully. You know, give the other people a chance. You know, be tolerant. Justice is that the absolute source of justice allows us to misjudge cause injustice, and yet we are still acceptable. 
It seems most of us want to stay children. True, absolutely, and they do. And the society and its entertainment and the film industry and everything else enhances it. Mm. Remain, you know, and your friendly bank will help you to remain a child, you see. That's why there is very little, if you like, spiritual content in the societal sense. There are many, many more individuals who are beginning to wake up and awaken and desire the, if you like, gnosis or enlightenment. But as society at large, the mainstream has taken on a dimension of an avalanche. So it is true what you say, yes. How do we know whether we are doing the right thing? You know that you have no doubt anymore in that. You're constantly aware of the zones of doubts, but you know it is the only thing you could do. You could do nothing else. You have no regrets. You don't go back and forth in your memory. There is nothing else you could have done. This is, in fact, one of the meanings of infallibility of prophets or messengers, that they could not have done differently in those circumstances. But if you look at it historically and analyze it in your own way, you may say, well, he was at fault. But if you were him with those circumstances and enlightened, you could not have done differently. That would be at a high level, though, of understanding yes. and intuition and intellect and wisdom. But for the person trans transforming from child to adult in this analogy, how do you then know? And, and, and Difficult. I try to avoid them. But you know, it's not easy. It is, they, there is a lot of uh, hit and miss and a lot of mistakes. And that is why we say God is all forgiving. Mm. In reality, your soul forgives you. You, can, you have many, 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 many chances, provided you constantly go back to that zone of you know, of your ultimate objective, then it's, it all goes, you know, it all is washed off. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes provided your radar is locked in to that objective. But if it is all haphazard, as most of the cases are, why not? We go here. Why not this? Why not? It never ends, you know. This is, this is all so-called diversions which leads to destructions and under the name of entertainment. It's killing time, it's killing yourself. It's you know, enhancing the lower self rather than giving you more light. Some of the techniques, would it include prayer and meditation? Definitely. In fact, we are given constantly these opportunities through difficulties, failures, griefs, depression, so that we turn to the other side of it. See the meaning of it, why did it occur? And prayers, which is, which is an immense platform for, if you like, basic humility and humbleness. The more you have, the less you have self-image, self-concern, the more you have light concern an inner awakening. But the more you are playing these roles and you've identified with that role, so you have become that role. You have locked yourself into that limitation. Then there is no uh, oxygen for the limitless in you to emit. Therefore, the lower self becomes so separate from the soul that there is a breakdown. Breakdown of a system, nervous breakdown or even suicide is an aspect of that that you have identified so deeply with the roles and the lower side that the higher side is almost disconnected. There is no longer recharge. 
prayers, which are, if they are real, if you plug in, then it recharges yourself and connects it to the soul. And the heart becomes clear. And, you know, so these are all techniques of unifying Humpty Dumpty. You know, and as really, it's that, we are all that. An aspect of us is ridiculous, but the origin of it is sublime. Once you have connected them, then you have the two oceans in you, the eternal and the ever-changing. To some, the prescription might sound like an abandonment of pleasure and happiness in a trade-off for a life of abstinence and deprivation. Trade-off is the right word, but not towards deprivation. It's transcending pleasure into joy, transcending limited, short-lived excitements into, uh, into an overflowing bliss. So it is a trade-off, and we are programmed to move that way. Uh, from the transient to the eternal, from the frivolous to the perfect and everlasting. So it is a trade-off. And if you remain at that pleasure, it never ends. You're all the time moving from one facet to another, and you think it is different. But it's short-lived, and you know. The person knows whether they are content or not. Ask people to what extent are they truly content, not content because of something, you see, because if you're content because of something, then you will be discontent when that thing is removed. Or that which gives you pleasure will give you displeasure. I can't trust that. I want to have access to a situation where it's constant, forever, available, from me, by me, through the mercy of the one and only who made me and made all of these different creations. So you become godly in a sense. You do not become God or you do not have this spiritual pomposity, you become simply consciously illumined because you were illumined before without knowing it. Now you know it, and you know its shadow, and you live by the two through the courtesy of the one. It has often been said that the profit motive is the key to abundance and prosperity. How do you think turning away from the immediate self-interest can do the same thing? It will work well if you move on from the lower trend of seeking profit and power and so on to the knowledge of the all-powerful. So we are all uh, seekers of wealth, boundless wealth. And if you do not stop at the limitations of the outer possibilities, then that can possibly lead us to the boundless inner meaning of those zones. So these are initial steps. There's nothing wrong in it, but you will never be satisfied by uh, wealth because you can never decide as to what is enough. Mm -hmm. We are all seekers of infinite power, infinite wealth, infinite bliss, reliable beyond any possibility of change. Mm -hmm. So we are all seeking the perfections of the soul in a zone that is like a kindergarten, which leads us to that after we realize that in this zone you cannot attain absolute wealth, absolute power or absolute mercy or whatever. So, but you know there is an absolute zone because we can compare it. If one knows that, why isn't that intuitively and instinctively part of everything that we do instead of chasing the shadows to, uh, to, 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 to by force of instinct to focus? Down? We do. By instinct you know that you are not happy. By instinct you know that you're, this is not enough. By instinct you know you are not totally content. You're not ready to leave this world. If you're not ready to leave this world, then you are not qualified to take it because it will take you. Mm. 
So the two go together. If you are ready to abandon, then you are having access to the abundance of it. Then it doesn't matter, longer life, shorter life, because you know your life is forever. This phase of it can be long and short. It doesn't overwhelm you. Death will not frighten you. If it is present in every human being, can it be done by everyone or anyone? Sure. Otherwise, where is God's mercy? The potential is for everyone all the time. And the condition for it is to turn away from that which is not. That which is, is. So it is wrong for us to think that we are getting closer to God. You can't be closer to God than closeness itself. You can go further away from the shadows, which are distant reflections of God, if you like. Turn away from that which is not, that which has always been, is. Selection, it is, in a way, trade-off, as you say. Why has the path of enlightenment often been referred to as mysterious and mystical? I think this word is often used by people who are either ignorant or they want to maintain a certain elevated position of elitism. That this is a mysterious, mystical, secretive thing. You have to be admitted to this exclusive club. My answer to that is then, where is God's generosity for everyone at all times? The truth is that it takes energy and it takes determination and it takes passion. And most people remain, if you like, in the zone of the lower familiarities of the basic animal tendencies of, you know, just eating and shopping and blaming and accumulating and, and stealing and lying and all of the other things. They don't have enough love for the higher in them because they haven't tasted it. So that is why grooming others or the ethical values of a society or of community in a way does prevail and help the other people as well. So there is no mystery in knowledge. You know, it's just that it, it is unknown. Now, the question of reason and logic, you take logic and reasoning to its final and, and if you like, domain. After that, it is past it. It is supra-logic. It's another zone which is beyond reasoning, beyond the mind, beyond the limitations of the intellect. It is the zone of lights and delights, which are, in a way, the equivalent of what we in this world experience as the tip of the iceberg, you see. We're, so there is so much in the unseen and the unknown. And this world of ours is a tiny little reflection of different aspects of the unseen. So once that taste is developed, then you are hooked by it from yourself. And people call it divine call or calling or vocation. All of it is to do with the natural tendency which was there, not allowed, not given the opportunity. It's like a seed. It has the potential of the fruiting, but put the seed on a rock for 10 years and nothing happens. You see, so it's already there, but give it the water of love for knowledge and the delight in the openings of new horizons of consciousness, it will grow. And the fruit of it is self-knowledge that you will know by yourself at the time you need to know. Just turn away from your ignorance. Don't allow the shadows to depress you. Shepherd Lila, we've come a long way in five programs. To summarize, what would you say one can do practically to implement this? Constant shift of 
your desires and identifications towards the higher, towards the abstract, towards the subtle and the durable. There's nothing wrong with you taking any worldly pleasure, but then move that into another zone which it can be more durable, more long-lasting. A small little business of a good relationship, if you desire to maintain it for a longer period, higher domain, then you are getting towards the source which is in you and in him and in her, and that is where we all unify. There is where the union is. So my advice is to constantly move from the gross towards the subtle, because that is more durable. Once an energy has manifested, it's a specific manifestation, whether it is electric power or a fan or a fridge, or, but maintain the electric power itself, then it has all the possibilities. So the fan and the bulb meet in where the power is before it has manifested. So my advice to myself and everyone else, look at the source behind the attributes and look at the attributes behind the actions and manifestations and you'll find the unifying factor called the divine, if you like, cosmos. Wherever you look is the manifestation of the divine. Where whatever has come is by he who has made it come and to him it returns. So, and the other easy formula is willingness to abandon. Willingness to let go. We are hanging on air. So why not remember that any minute this air that goes in may not come out. So every minute becomes fresh. It is not morbidity. It is not that fear becomes, if you like, an incentive to live the moment fully. And if you live the moment fully, you have lived eternally. In grooming oneself, what prescriptions must be followed? Again, it's part of the map that there is the normal limitations in this world and the limitless that has brought about this world. So I as a person must accept and adhere to limiting factors and prescriptions and the prophetically revealed teachings and in the case of a Muslim, the Quran and the boundaries it prescribes. And the more I adhere to the bounded and the limited, the more the limitless begins to shine and inspire me. So I, my job and my duty to accept limitations and humbleness and short durabilities of this life. And if I accept that and use that as a platform to view what is shedding the light upon it, then I have access inadvertently to the limitless. So the prescriptions, the prophetic prescriptions of prayers on time or fasting or going to pilgrimage and all of that are in every way designed for me to see the value and the meaning behind the ritual. Behind the uh, ritual of, for example, fasting lies my desire to be self-sustaining, not to be dependent on food or other things. Going for pilgrimage is the same, abandoning everything uh, behind and going for, a, if you like, this uh, communion or that meeting with the divine who is present everywhere, but in this case, specific time, specific place, all other believers in a sense within the Islamic faith come to. So these practices have their limiting in the outer sense, but they open up vistas of far, far greater openings and thus give us satisfaction. The satisfaction arises from admitting my limitations and that I forget. Therefore, I have to be reminded to go down and submit 
and accept in a sense and obey. And then I find more and more, if you like, the meaning of it, transcending the limitations of it. So it is necessary for a practitioner or a seeker to adhere to a system. You can't say all will go, everything is all right, all is free. It's not. Eventually people are chasing their own mental image of freedom. That is what is actually imprisoning them. In this realm, on this dimension that we are talking about of existence, there is no absolute freedom. The soul is already caught in the realm of the world. Mm -hmm. And this world, my world, my image, my ego, must yield to it. As it has yielded to it, then it almost becomes non-insignificant. Then I begin to feel the freedom and the limitlessness of the soul and the God behind the soul. So the less there is of me, the more there is of the light which is illuminating me. Therefore, these practices, limitations, adherences, constant night vigils, if you like, uh, the practice of meditation in every other form, are important to transcend the limitations that I'm used to.